This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to it. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. Couple of baseball games to talk about tonight with the Cubbies and the White Sox. And how about a little bit more college football action for you? We'll dive into some of those Heisman odds courtesy of Bet Rivers, and see who may be worth a play. So that's what we're going to hit on as we lead you into the weekend. But first, let's get a quick recap. Last night, our lone Danny's dime. The Giants' money line, minus a buck 37. Yes, we faded our beloved Cubbies, but hey, we cashed a ticket and we're not going to complain about it. We move to 52-43-2 on the season with our baseball bets. Thank you to the Cubs for uh, not being able to hit Alex Wood for quite some time. And it may be a struggle for them to find hits once again tonight as they take on Alex Cobb. So a uh, really tough Pitchers back-to-back to have to face if you're the Cubbies, but uh, that's what you get when you face a Giants team that has a pretty solid staff. Their hitting hasn't been the best, but they did enough last night to overcome Justin Steele and the Cubs. So we'll get into that game. We'll get into the A's and the White Sox later tonight as well. Lance Lynn versus James Caprillion should be a winnable game for the Sox. Keyword should. Uh, the Sox have a good advantage too because they start their series against Oakland at home should be advantageous toward them. The Guardians lost yesterday, and they begin a new series on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe you get a couple losses out of Cleveland. The Twins, they're starting a tough series out on the West Coast in San Diego, so you got to take advantage of this spot if you're the Chicago White Sox hosting the Oakland A's. But can Lance Lynn be trusted? We'll talk about that in a second. But first, let's dive into this Cubs game out in San Fran. Marcus Stroman will be taking the bump for the Cubbies. He's 2-5 this year with an ERA of 438. He's got a good FIP, though, or in terms of comparing it to his ERA. So his FIP is 372, and his Sierra, his skill interactive ERA, not bad, 363. Got a good whip, 1.15. His home run to fly ball ratio, definitely concerning at the number of 16%. But like we talked about yesterday, if you can get away with it at a certain ballpark. Oracle Park can be one of those parks. Now, on the road, his numbers are way better than they are at the friendly confines. So, at home, meaning at Wrigley Field, Marcus Stroman has a FIP of 5.06. On the road, his FIP is 2.94. Little bit of a difference there for our guy Stroman. And by the way, on the road, he's got an ERA of 231 and a WOBA of 233. So, his numbers really have been pretty tremendous on the road, especially when you compare it to the struggles that we have seen from Stroman at Wrigley Field. Not ideal, but that's a situation we can use as a future problem for Marcus Stroman the next time that he's starting at home. But guess what? You know, I mean, Marcus Stroman has really struggled this year, hasn't had consistency, but the good news is that in the month of July, he's had three starts and he's gone 14.1 innings pitched. He's allowed just eight hits, only two earned runs throughout those three starts. And he's also racked up 14 strikeouts. And those were against good teams. I mean, the Dodgers on the road, the Mets at home, and then the Phillies on the road. So Stroman may be getting into a little bit of a rhythm here. And that's what you need to see. That's what you like to see with a guy that you brought on this past year. 
Now, that could be a good sign to back the Cubs. I would understand that. But you have to consider who the Giants are throwing out. Like we said, Alex Cobb will be taking the bump. Here's a guy who's got not that bad, good of a record, I guess you could say, 3-4 and four in a higher ERA, much like Stroman, but his is at 4-2-6. But his FIP is even better than Stroman's. It's at 2.94. His Sierra, lower than Stroman's, 3.25. His whip is higher, 1.33. But Cobb is a pitcher who is better in this specific split, being pitching at Oracle Park. 3.02 ERA with a 2.61 FIP. Now, he is coming off a tough start, was on the road against the Dodgers, that's never easy, but he went 5.2 innings pitched, allowed 8 hits, 4 earned runs, racked up 6 Ks, Giants lost that game 7-4. No one has really faced him throughout the Cubs lineup though, being Alex Cobb. The unfamiliarity may be not beneficial to the Cubbies, and what also isn't beneficial is that the Cubs' batting numbers get worse against righties on the road compared to how they do at Wrigley Field. And they're already not that great to begin with, but on the road, it takes even a bigger dive. 696 OPS versus righties on the road. 305 Woba, and then a 96 weighted runs created plus. So yesterday, we liked the Giants, right? We liked the pitching matchup. We liked fading steel. But a large part in liking that was because the Giants hit exceptionally well against lefties at home. What about righties at home? Well, not the same story. They got a lower OPS than the Cubbies. They're at 682. Barely a lower Woba, 304, and five points higher on their weighted runs created plus at 101. But it's not that big of a difference. So none of these batting statistics or splits stand out to you in this game. Both pitchers stand out to you because they're set up nicely in this respective split and because they could be going against offenses that don't do well in this situation. But my question to you would be, which pitcher could you trust more? Which offense has enough talent to get that slight breakthrough? We know the bullpen situation, fairly even. The Giants a little worse. But if I'm being honest, yeah, Strowman's looked good his last three starts, but he's also not going that deep. He's gone just four innings in two out of his three last starts. His most recent one, yeah, he went six at Philadelphia, but can we trust that he's going to go that deep again? I don't know. And maybe that win last night was big enough for the Giants to get over this terrible bump, and then they can get on a nice little streak here. Why couldn't it be against Stroman and the Cubs? I'm not a guy who's ready to fully commit any financials on the side of Marcus Stroman. Rooting for him, for sure. Want him to do great, but from an objective betting perspective, I don't know if I'm ready yet. But simultaneously, that Giants offense, not good in this situation. And hey, maybe Alex Cobb can get beat up by this Cubs offense on one of their last days together with Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. I don't know. But maybe the safer bet is to think that this is just going to be a lower scoring game. So looking at the openers, I had this, I forgot to go over this, but I had the Giants minus 135. I put the Cubbies at plus 120. Bet Rivers had the Giants minus 133, so I was two cents off. And then the Cubbies at plus 115, I was five cents off. I put the total at seven and a half, as did Bet Rivers. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. You are already in a pitcher's ballpark. You got two solid pitchers, and you got two offenses that don't thrive in this setting, as we alluded to. 
but you're not going to get a great first five number with the total at seven and a half. Heck, at Bet Rivers, they're giving you three and a half. Now, normally, you're not going to get it that low, and it's typically going to be four, and a lot of books do have four. But man, these first five unders have not been treating me well this year. And I just told you that Strowman has not gone that deep in two out of three of his last starts and really in a lot of spots this season. You can, you can do a bet where you do the first three inning total. And the number for that is two and a half. And the best odds I saw on the under was minus 140. Could that be an approach? It's a weird bet. It's not ideal to lay that much. But if you're going to get involved in this game, yeah, I'd lean San Francisco, but I think your better option may be something with the total and the total staying on the lower side. And the first five, if Stroman gets taken out in the fourth inning, well, then I got to trust his Cubs bullpen to not get bombarded by the Giants offense in the fifth, which could kill your first five under four. And I don't like betting full game totals under, especially when it's lower, like seven and a half because of extras, because of bullpens. And we got two poor bullpens present. And Cobb has done well in the first few innings more so than a little bit later in the games. I mean, honestly, he's been pretty spread out evenly, but he's done a little bit better toward the beginning of the games. Man, I just wish this price was like minus 130 at least. Minus 140 is kind of egregious at the at that point of just under two and a half runs, but it is the first three innings. It saves you two more to sweat out, and those last two are typically when you get screwed for the... It's either the first inning or the fourth and the fifth. Second and third, you can usually cruise through... Bottom of the fourth, top of the fifth, that's when I feel like you kind of get hammered there. So I don't know. I haven't done anything with it right now. But if I'm going to play anything in this game, it's got to be something regarding the total. Giants probably do get on a rhythm and they probably find a way to win this game. But also, I mean, at the same time, we know the volatility of Marcus Stroman. So he could obviously have a bad start and kill your under here. So I, I don't know, like I said, if I'm ready to fully commit in any capacity with this game because of Marcus Stroman. And I know the last three starts have been good, but we've also seen him really, really look bad. But maybe this is the new look Stroman that we can count on. Perhaps it's smarter to just sit back, observe, and approach from that standpoint and know what we're going to do the next time we see him out there. But I'll circle back on this probably during rush hour tonight. And let you know if I got to play then. But a strong lean to the under, small lean to the Giants. Okay, let's hit the south side next. The White Sox taking on the Oakland Athletics. The A's just coming off a three-game sweep of the Astros. What the hell is going on? That makes literally no sense. But hey, it happened. They had an off day yesterday. And now they get to take on the White Sox who are coming off a brutal loss that they blew against the Colorado Rockies. By the way, interesting stat here. I can pull it up. Uh, Ralph Michaels on Twitter at CalSportsLV. He always puts up these trends and stats, and it's really great information. But he said the Athletics swept the Astros but had a day off. They got a plus 180 win, a plus 140 win, and then a plus 180 win. And then he tweets, does that hurt momentum? Team in that role, and I'm just going verbatim on what he said, team in that role as a pick em or dog have gone 8-25, 24%, minus 12.4 units. They've also gone 12-4 and four to the over the last two years. So basically what I'm saying is that the A's, after sweeping a team like the Astros and then a day off, 
Those teams have not done particularly well in their next game, 8-25. and 25. And the overs have been coming in a large amount over the last two years. Interesting stat. I mean, even mm-hmm. if I didn't see that stat, you just got to figure that this should be a good spot for the White Sox at home after a day off themselves and taking on a poor team in the Oakland A's. Well, what scares you here? It is Mr. Lance Lynn. Now, granted, he finally got a quality start against the Guardians last weekend when six innings allowed three hits, no earned runs for Mr. Lynn, and six strikeouts. The Sox won that game 5-4, to four, almost tried to blow it again. My God, that bullpen sucks. Uh, Lance Lynn, though, has not had a good year. You know this. We all know this. He's 1-3 with a 6.43 ERA. He's got a 4.34 FIP, a 3.76 Sierra, a 140 whip, and then a high home run to fly ball ratio at 15%. At home, he's got an ERA of 516. He's got a WOBA of 299. He's got a FIP that's okay at 387. His road FIP is 488. Now, hitters in the A's lineup do have some familiarity with Lance Lynn, but Lynn owns a 3-1 record with a 231 ERA and six career starts against the Oakland A's. Is this going to be a turnaround point for Lynn? Can he get another good start? Well, you gotta hope so against the freaking Oakland A's. I don't care that they just swept the Astros. They're still the Oakland A's. James Caprillian taking the bump for Oakland. This guy has stunk this year, but he actually has been good as of late. Three out of four of his last starts have not been too shabby, and not a lot of Sox players have faced him. He's 1-5 this year with a 474 ERA, but his FIP is even higher at 562. His Sierra is 525. <laughs> no thank you. His whip is 132, and his home run to fly ball ratio is 13%. His road numbers... 487 ERA, 324 weighted on base average, and a 524 FIP. He is a little worse at home, but look, 524 on your road FIP is still horrendous. Now, we talk about the White Sox versus righties. It's a terrible spot to want to back them. Overall, this season, their numbers are garbage. But like we've been doing, if you look more recently in the last month, the White Sox have ticked it up against righties. And in that span, they have an OPS of 727 a WOBA of 319, and a WRC plus of 109. Not too bad, not too bad. And Oakland has been no bueno versus righties on the road with a 611 OPS, a 269 WOBA, and a 73 WRC plus. You know they are bad. Bullpens are pretty identical, right at 407, 406 ERA, and then 133 whip to the White Sox, 136 whip to the A's. So you're not getting much better one way or the other. But if Hendricks comes in, I guess you trust him more than Graveman who screwed you the other day. The White Sox obviously should be the favorite, but not an overwhelming favorite because they're the White Sox, their bullpen stinks, and Lance Lynn is vulnerable to just stinking, so I'm still going to make him a big favorite, but not that big of a favorite as they typically should be. If they would have beat the Rockies the other day, I'd probably put them minus 225. Yes, that matters. I put them minus $2 for this game, and guess what? So did Bet Rivers, right on the money, minus $2. However, I made Oakland plus 175, they made the A's plus 170. Bigger discrepancy with the total here. We just told you the trend of those totals going over, right? Well, I made this total at 9. I get that the respective splits against righties are not really that great for each team, but the pitchers are completely capable of just stinking it up. So I put the opener at 9. 
Bet Rivers had it at eight. Granted, it has ticked up to eight and a half, but the Jews is slightly on the under, minus 114. I would bet the over in this game if I were to bet anything. But I don't think I actually want to get involved. Because again, what if Lance Lynn did turn the corner? And he's more than capable of shutting out a crap Oakland A's team. And simultaneously, like, yeah, the White Sox offense could do enough. But enough for them could be winning this game 4-1. to one. So do I think the over is the right play? I do. Does it mean I want to actually bet it as an official play? I don't because this isn't really a game I want to sweat out. But if you wanted to get involved, I would recommend looking at the total going over. But again, there's just a weird feeling with this game in a not ideal position trusting the Oakland offense to get your runs and the White Sox against the righty, even though they have done better the last month. So this will be a stay away spot. It should be a win for the White Sox. I would think it would be a higher scoring game, but we'll have to wait and see. I'd rather get involved in that Cubs and Giants game. But like I said, if I do, I'll discuss it more so on Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, vcin.com, Marquee Sports Network. You know where you can get it available. Also, at DannyBur5 on the tweets. Always sending out that link and much more. Quick break here, folks. Coming back, let's hit the gridiron. Talk a little bit of Heisman Trophy odds. A Big Ten quarterback is your favorite. We'll tell you who that is next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Time to talk some college football here on the Chicago City Cast. Danny Burke, your host. We began a little football discussion yesterday, right? We talked about the Big Ten West, gave you some win totals. I actually don't know if I said it officially that I was going to bet them on the City Cast. I did on Rush Hour, but long story short, I did pull the trigger on Wisconsin under nine wins. Seems absurd it's that high. I suggest you replay this segment. You can kind of see me just cackling to myself. Um, Nebraska over 7.5 wins at minus 105. Didn't really get into Minnesota, but I shared my thoughts at least on the podcast about Minnesota. So, yeah, Wisconsin under 9, Nebraska over 7.5. We'll get into some of the other teams next week, but I want to spend some time talking about the Heisman odds. Now, it's it's just not as much parity this year in general in college football, it seems. And that correlates to the Heisman Trophy as well. At least that's what the odds are indicating, right? So speaking of the Big Ten, the short shot right now is a representative of the Big Ten, and that is C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback, coming back in the mix after throwing for 44 touchdowns and six interceptions last year. He passed for 400 or more yards on five occasions. He's plus 175 as your short shot. Bryce Young, can he repeat a Heisman Trophy award? 
Again, he's plus 350 with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Caleb Williams moving from Oklahoma following his head coach Lincoln Riley to USC. He is plus 750. Can the Trojans get some offensive dominance immediately? Maybe, but I think there is just maybe a tad bit of overhype on it. Maybe not overhype, but I don't know. We'll get into it in a sec. Uh, Will Anderson is your next at 20 to 1. Outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide. You think an outside linebacker is going to win it? I'm not too confident in that. Uh, Dylan Gabriel at 20 to 1. Somehow this guy is still in college football. If you remember him with UCF, now he replaces Williams at Oklahoma. So he could be set up for success. Sure. Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs, running back for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Big season expected out of Gibbs. Anytime you're just playing on Alabama and you're the top player in your respective position, you're going to be a Heisman short shot, especially in this type of year. Travion Henderson at 20 to 1. He is a running back for Ohio State. Similar situation. Anthony Richardson at 25 to 1. He is the quarterback for the Florida Gators. So obviously the list goes on and on, but that's just how it's looking right now. Bijan Robinson, I forgot Bijan Robinson was still uh, playing in college football. Running back for the Texas Longhorns. Dude is actually a stud. I would not hate that uh, bet whatsoever. Uh, Quinn Ewers, right? Is that how you say his last name? He was a top recruit. He went to Ohio State, but now he's going to Texas. He was like the highest recruit of all time, right? I'll be excited to see how he does. Um, so yeah, that's how some of your uh, Heisman odds are looking like. I'm not going to try to say his last name, but you know DJ out of Clemson. 40 to 1 are his odds, by the way. Malik Cunningham. Geez, I'm sorry, I'm just going over some of these names now because I like thought I didn't remember some of these quarterbacks. But yeah, Malik Cunningham was a stud. Brennan Armstrong. Oh yeah, these are bringing back some names from last year. And I got to remember what teams are actually on Brennan Armstrong because you don't know how many of these kids are transferring from 83 different schools. Uh, he's with Virginia. So yeah, JT Daniels obviously always in the mix. JT Daniels is still with Georgia. Nope, he is with West Virginia. See, look, you got you to gotta check and see what team because jt has gone from usc to georgia and now he's with west virginia now he's all over the place all right i'm done looking down the list but with these top guys who do you think could be worth the play and is it even worth it if you like someone because there's not that much value well i guess that's up to you to decide right winning money is winning money no matter what the price is at the end of the day i'm not saying you should subscribe to that for every single bet of course you want value for something that's going to be holding you up for months on end but if you can afford to put it away if you're comfortable putting it away if you're comfortable with not getting the biggest payout and you have a lot of conviction you do you and you make your bet so i'm not telling you you have to bet it or should bet it i would tell you how i would bet it if i were given money to only bet on a heisman trophy right now i would take cj stroud and it's the easy answer obviously he's a short shot but bryce young won it last year it's hard to replicate it twice and you already have so much expectation surrounding you because of what you did last year but most importantly because you're at Alabama and you are the favorite to win the championship like there's not really a close second aside from Ohio State but you have a guy in CJ Stroud who was close to winning it last year 
Instead, they lost to Michigan, which didn't help. But some of his numbers were fantastic. And yes, you're losing a couple of receivers that were huge for C.J. Stroud. But guess what? It's Ohio State. They'll plug and replace someone else in there. And even if they're not as good, the offensive scheming will be good enough to still set Stroud up for success. The weaker Big Ten Conference compared to the SEC will set up C.J. Stroud for success. This guy will pad his stats. This is his signature year, and he is the rightful favorite, and if I had to play it, I would play him. Ideally, you could at least get 2-1 to one on the kid, but it's probably not likely. I haven't shopped around that much, but at Bet Rivers, like I said, he's plus 175. And you know what? Maybe if you wait, Bryce Young will do enough, CJ Stroud will have one bad game, and you can get a better price. I'm not going to bank on that happening and wait for it, but with this hypothetical, let's say $100, that's probably what I would do. Again, I told you kind of why I don't want to bet Bryce Young. I would take Stroud over him, and I would take Stroud over Caleb Williams at plus 750. Look, Caleb Williams is really good, don't get me wrong, but I just like the mechanics and setup a lot better for C.J. Stroud. I mean, look, Caleb Williams is going into a new environment. Not that the coaching is going to be that different, but it's still a transition for him. Pac-12, not as good as the Big Ten. And no one cares about the Pac-12. The only people who care about the I mean, you only care about Oregon and USC, right? And kind of UCLA if they're good. I'm just saying, Stroud already has the hype around him to be the Heisman favorite. He'll be set up better than Williams. And again, I just think Ohio State's going to have a better year than USC. Then you go with the running backs. Man, they have to have a really good year. I just don't know if it's going to... like. Gibbs is going to have to have an amazing year with Alabama to overcome Bryce Young, right? I mean, I know Bryce Young has won it, but, you know, they love to pass the ball. It's just how it goes. Uh, Travion Henderson, same thing. I mean, if, if it's going to be someone from Ohio State, it's going to be Stroud. So don't waste your money on the running back. Dylan Gabriel, I just don't know if Oklahoma is going to be that good of a team. Not ready to get sold on that. So... All in all, I know it's the easy answer, and I know it's the crappy, boring one, but honestly, C.J. Stroud has to be the play. Everybody's kind of having the same sentiment, like, we don't want to lay this chalk, but it is set up amazingly for him to win this award. There is no other great quarterback in the Big Ten as of this moment. There is no other great team in the Big Ten as of this moment that can compare to the likes of Ohio State. I don't know what a long shot would be at this point, but if you want more info on it, folks, remember, VEASAN's College Football Betting Guide is out and about. Adam Kramer has a beautiful article surrounding his thoughts for the Big Ten, or not Big Ten, well, we do have Big Ten coverage, not from Adam Kramer, but Adam Kramer has got you covered for the Heisman odds, folks. He goes into C.J. Stroud. He goes into some of the longer shots, some of the more mild odds that could be realistic. Very valuable. So make sure you check that out. You can become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. That's how you get the college football betting guide. That's how you get our NFL betting guide along with all of our other constant 24-7 content you will love, you will need, you will just benefit off of it. I'm telling you, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. But if you're looking to venture into the Heisman odds, to me, CJ Stroud is the obvious and rightful pick. There's still so much time to go. Maybe these odds will shift in a completely different direction. I'm not betting it right now. Because again, I don't want to have my money held up for just a plus 175 play. 
you know what? And and again, this is just a personal opinion. I would rather wait till like, and if this were the case, this is a hypothetical. I would rather wait till like the latter half of the season, whether it's, you know, week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, something like that, and get him at like even money or minus 120 as opposed to the plus 175 right now. A lot more variables can change from this span of time compared to understanding what has been established with Stroud, right? And I get it. Like, the value clearly is better with the plus 175. That's obvious. You don't have to explain that to me. But I'm just saying in terms of holding up your money for that long for something that already doesn't have that much value, I would ideally, maybe not week eight that soon, but still, that's not too bad. I would probably want to do it by, like, week nine. I would rather take that bet. That's just me, and we don't even know if that's going to happen. Realistically, by week nine, he's probably going to be a $4 favorite. You know, Josh Applebaum came on my show Rush Hour last night, and he was touting uh, C.J. Stroud, and he's like, yeah, there's not that much value there, but it's getting hit with a lot of sharp money, and realistically, by whatever week, maybe two, three, four, he's going to be incredibly expensive, and then you'll look back, was his argument, and saying, man, plus 175, yeah, in the moment it was not that great, but now looking back on it, I wish I got a piece of it. Sure, that could be the case. Can't deny that. Can't disagree with it. But to each their own. But CJ Stroud would be my selection. Let me know who you would bet for Heisman. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Make sure you tune in to another edition of Rush Hour, folks. Once again tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. We've got some amazing UFC content coming tonight. Reed Kuhn, my goodness, the dude is a beast. He crushed it last week, and we're looking forward to him crushing it again for UFC. What is it, 277? Let me make sure I got that right. Uh, UFC 277, Pena, Nunez, should be a good one. That's the main event, baby. And you got Derek Lewis. Always fun to watch him fight, taking on Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, great card. Reed will have you covered to begin the show tonight. And then we'll also get into a little bit of college football with JVT. Talk about his section in the college football betting guide. And, you know, we'll squeeze in some NFL and some baseball in between. But thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Chicago City Cast. And always appreciate it if you check out Rush Hour as well. Should be a good one tonight. But enjoy it, folks. Cash some tickets. Have a good time outside. If you're going to Lala, hey, enjoy the concerts and stay safe, folks. But until Monday, take care.